advice, advice from someone else's dad. Hi everyone, it's Peter Yawitz and welcome to the Advice from Someone Else's Dad podcast. When we were starting VaynerMedia, a big part of me was like, you know what, I don't need the limelight, I don't want it. Um, Gary's plenty good at taking it and using it in a way that both benefits him but benefits the company. Sure. You know, every piece of press that Gary gets helps VaynerMedia. And um, I also think because we have an 11 year age gap, um, even before we were officially CEO and COO, that 11 year age gap creates that kind of uh, power structure. Right. Sure. Um, he's always been, you know, a mentor of right. mine. That was from my amazing young CEO interview with AJ Vaynerchuk, CEO of Vayner Sports, a division of Vayner Media. AJ may have started in the shadows of his famous older brother Gary V, but he has become a terrific and focused leader of his company in his own right, without being in this big spotlight like Gary. We'll hear more of my interview with AJ in this episode. I'll also be answering your workplace questions along with my favorite HR pro, co-host Jamie Steele. Finally, I'll read one of your workplace nightmares. If you'd like to ask a question or share one of your workplace nightmares, call us at 347-857-7294. That's 347-857-7294. You can also go to someoneelsesdad.com slash podcast and submit a question there anonymously, or you can simply email us at questions at someoneelsesdad.com. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment. First up, let's check in with Jamie Steele, my HR Pro co-host, to talk about some workplace issues on our mind this week. Hey, Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. What's on your mind? Well, you know, last time we spoke, we talked about a young man who was sick with a chronic illness right. and how that would affect his job. He was a little bit worried about that and wanted our advice. Right. Um, so recently at my job, I've had a few people who uh, have had illnesses or deaths in the family come up. And obviously as an HR professional, I can't explicitly share that with other people in right, the workplace. So one of the issues that's presented is, what do you do when someone is out on an intermittent basis, you can't really share why they're out, and other people don't understand and think that that person's just getting a free pass. Does that happen a lot? It wasn't until recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been something where managers have been asking me, so what do I share? Um, how, what can I communicate? How can I support the person who's out? And also make sure that people in the workplace know that they're not taking advantage of any system. Well, so you're not thinking that even the terms has some personal issues to deal with is not enough? It, it hasn't been. And, you know, I don't know if that's because, you know, people sometimes think about, well, I have personal issues too. So how come I don't get to have that extra time out? Right. And I think that difference is, is it something that's qualifying for, for example, an FMLA leave? Or is it something where Wait, it's... Can you define FMLA? Yeah, Family oh, Medical, Medical Leave, leave. Act. Okay. Great interjection there. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, the FMLA, of course. <laughs> exactly. So I think that's the big difference is if it qualifies for that or if it doesn't. And sometimes people just have personal issues that don't. In these instances, they have. And so I've worked with the managers and said, you know, this person is on an intermittent FMLA. We can say that. But of course, we can't specify why and encourage them just to ask those people to give some extra support. Do you also have trouble with absences in terms of getting work done? Is it your responsibility to make sure that things are covered? 
Yes. And that has been an issue uh, with some of the people who are dealing specifically with program management and making sure that those gaps are filled so that those programs don't fall flat while they're not here. And I think that's where some of the rub has occurred because other people have to absorb that work and they have their lives too and don't want to work extra hours to cover for the person who's out. Sure. So back to the issue we had last time we spoke about the guy with a chronic illness. How does that affect him? What would you recommend that he tell his manager so that the information gets out correctly? Right. You know, I would always encourage anybody to be upfront and just say, here's the situation, here's what I'm dealing with. And as particularly in his case, because he's a new employee, there isn't a rapport already established for what that person will or won't work. So that manager can already set his schedule according to what he thinks might be possible so that his coworkers don't even have in their mind that he's not doing less or more than what he should be. Well, that sounds great. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely so. Thanks for that great advice. Jamie and I will be back a little later to answer some questions listeners have submitted. The number again is 347-857-7294. But now, my interview with A.J. Vaynerchuk, CEO of Vayner Sports. A.J. and I met at the hip, young, and busy office of Vayner Media in the new Hudson Yards neighborhood of Manhattan. He gave me a tour of the office where I saw a pile of stuffed animals, which Gary V. was preparing for a garage sale, lots of inspirational framed Gary V. quotes, and a very motivated and happy workforce. I shared some of Gary V's quotes on Instagram at someone else's dad. Hey, I'm here today with AJ Vaynerchuk, who is the CEO of Vayner Sports, which is part of Vayner Media. We're here in the exciting offices in Hudson Yards here in New York City with this beautiful view of other buildings in Hudson Yards. Uh, AJ and I have known each other for several months, and we're just going to talk about what it is that makes this place so exciting. Uh, why are people here all under the age of 35? What <laughs> motivates people to stay and what's going to happen after they turn 35? And why is everyone so happy here all the time? So we're going to take a walk and take a look at what's going on here at VaynerMedia. So AJ, when I, when, the first time I came to this office, I, there was so much hustle and bustle going around. Yep. All these young people walking around wearing hoodies and jeans and everything. Mm -hmm. And I thought, if a Hollywood's director were thinking I'd have to create something that is young and exciting the, the media company of today it would be exactly like this and if I saw this and I said no it's too extreme too cliche it's too cliche but it really is like this I mean if you see look at all these young people smiling excited to be here of course tell me about the culture this, like this stuff right here yeah actually has nothing to do with VaynerMedia oh, well, right but no but yeah, but okay. it does and oh, it, but it also does in the sense that I'm pretty confident every single thing here comes yeah. from a garage sale oh and so my brother Gary, who's the CEO yeah. of VaynerMedia, my co-founder in the business. You know, garage sailing was one, my introduction to entrepreneurship. It's how I learned about markets, uh, research, buying, selling, profit margins, customer service. It's uh -huh. honestly a super nuts solution. It's something Gary still does. Even in, within his video content, he has a show called Trash Talk, uh -huh. where he literally goes and films him garage sailing, showing people, hey, I just walked into a garage sale. I bought these toys for 10 bucks, and I'm going to sell for 150 on eBay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Again, but nothing these could to have do. bed bugs and stuff in there. It could be. I mean, hypothetically. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, <laughs> hypothetically, but so I think maybe a part of the culture that that exactly mm -hmm. summarizes is that um, it's there's it's, value in a lot of stuff. There's value in a lot of stuff, but it's also just like it's just an open 
be yourself type environment. It's a, it's honestly a results-based business. Like as long as you're doing great work mm -hmm. and people are happy, that's all we care about. We don't really care about the formality of a lot of business. I think a lot of formality. I mean, if you were dealing with a high-end consumer products company, let's doesn't say, matter. you would just dress like this no Absolutely. matter what, and they would have to expect that's what you're doing. And, and I think way, that's fine. And it comes with its downfall. I once, Gary and I once walked into a meeting with a high-end consumer uh, company, and the gentleman we were meeting with was dressed to the nines, full on suit, and his opening line was, thanks for dressing up for the meeting. And he meant it in a negative capacity. Right. How do I, how do you make sure that they are committed? I think meritocracy has been the number one reason mm -hmm. why people have come and have stayed and have thrived. Mm -hmm. it's, it's reward based on performance. I think some industries say you have to be a certain age to be a certain role, mm -hmm. right? Oh, you have to have 10 years of experience to be a VP. Right. And so I think probably the biggest incentive is that there's not this political red tape that holds you down for no reason. Mm -hmm. If you're not being promoted, there's a reason why you're not being promoted. Not simply that you don't have, yeah, um, yeah. What, what I probably react to the most negatively is I've been here for X amount of time or answering when, when somebody says, I think I deserve a promotion, I said, great, tell me why. Right. If you don't have substance behind that answer, that shows me all I need to know right. why you don't deserve that promotion. Sure. So, I have been historically open to those meetings and there's times where people have been right and mm -hmm. I appreciated them and I've, or maybe they were 90% right and I told them what that 10% was missing and then mm -hmm. they went out and they either executed against that 10% or they didn't. Right, right. So much has, has been written and uh, you know online about your brother mm -hmm. as the as the name of this company, such an icon, but what's the what's the, the AJ story rather than the Gary story? When I was the COO of VaynerMedia, yeah. I really wasn't concerned about um, credit or, right. or, or building my own personal brand. Right. I think what I'm doing with Vayner Sports now, the industry that I'm in, the role that I'm taking, it probably requires a little bit more. So I've created more content. I've thought about doing more things like, like this, frankly. Yeah, good. Um, but when we were starting Vayner Media, a big part of me was like, you know what? I don't need the limelight. I don't want it. Um, Gary's plenty good at taking it and using it in a way that both benefits him but benefits the company. Sure. You know, every piece of press that Gary gets helps Vayner Media. And, um, I also think because we have an 11 year age gap, um, even before we were officially CEO and COO, that 11 year age gap creates that kind of um, sort of power structure. Right, sure. um, he's always been you know, a mentor of right, mine sure. and things of that nature. So um, it felt good, it felt natural. And then just given the growth that VaynerMedia was having, especially in those seven years I was there, um, there just wasn't a lot of time for you know that. Mm -hmm. For me, do you find that the Vayner Sports group, the small group that you have, is different in culture or in yeah, direction? From absolutely, the people? absolutely. Um, you know, one big thing that Gary and I really emphasize with media—that's been the antithesis with sports—was with media. We wanted everybody in the building. Mm. Um, you know, I'm a fan of remote work. I believe in remote work, but what we were building for Vayner Media, it wasn't the right thing for us, especially in those first few years. I think the first three or four years, we had zero remote staff. Um, and I know that kind of goes against the millennial culture yeah, and this and right. everything, but right. we were so focused on knowing that it was going to be a fast growth company that we needed to have people in-house and, and uh, you know, metaphorically touch and feel, so to speak, with our culture and our perspective. Mm -hmm. With Vayner Sports, it's more advantageous for us to be more remote and more spread out. As the average age of the Vayner Sports team is in the average age is probably mid to high 30s, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the staff that was brought on was more experienced, mm -hmm. already had. Uh, less of a need of hands-on training, so mm -hmm. to speak. So those are probably the two biggest differences. Oh, there's an older guy there. 
They exist, I yeah, promise. Yeah, they exist, wow. He's probably here to clean the toilets no, no, or something. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. There's yeah, plenty of adults in the building yeah. these days. How do you feel that, that you, your generation or your employees are mischaracterized, and how do you set up, <laughs> and how do you set yeah. up a culture yeah. that appeals to whatever this new culture is, so the, this the, new generation Honestly, is. the biggest thing that I always say yeah. is, for the prior generations, Keep in mind who raised this generation. Mm -hmm. So if you have a problem with millennials, you, and I'm, I'm just being yeah, honest. Yeah. If you have a problem with millennials and Gen Z. It's my fault. Okay, I get the it's point. Your fault. Yeah, that's right. By the way, the same way, you know, I have a son and a daughter. If, if they and the rest of that generation turns to, in my opinion, to be shit, um, my fault. Well, you, stems at the top. You will screw up your children. I'm sure. You will. I'm sure. It's just a matter of how much. Screwed you up. It's just a matter of how much, yeah, right? I my kid. Everybody yeah. screws them that's up. It. It's just how badly. That's right. And so that's the first thing. I think the other thing too is like, I think previous generations maybe um, have created a culture where emotions and thoughts should be suppressed. Um, Good point. And I don't think like more communication creates more hard conversations. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, rather than harboring resentment silently, I'd rather have an opportunity to fix that resentment in an open conversation. So, you know, the vast majority of my time spent um, was sitting down with staff sure. and either talking about their own issues, right. uh, team issues, or client issues. Right. And I think it's a big reason why we were successful was communication. Yeah. And if I didn't know about those issues, people would just, I'd, rather than just quitting, I'd rather know what's bothering you. That's right. And I'll tell you, you know, there's been plenty of times where someone says, hey, this problem is a problem. I go, guess what? It ain't changing. You better go. Yeah, that's right. Because but, you know, you're in defense a of, problem. I can say, in defense of my generation, I, I, would, I completely agree with everything you said. But I think the successful leaders in my generation have embraced the concept of effective I communication. I agree with that. I agree with so that. I don't think that human nature has changed so much. It's just a matter of embracing it a little bit I more. I completely agree. By the way, human nature, so another common complaint is, my generation does too much of this, Yep. right? What people don't talk about is, and there's a great picture online, uh, it compares a train, and has everybody from today on that train looking at their phone, right. and then they look back 60 years ago and everybody's looking at newspapers. Yeah, that's right. People, like you said, that's human right. nature remains the same. That's right. Everything else is changing around right. us, and so you know the people that say we're all neck deep in our phones are the same people that are neck deep in their books and their magazines. Yeah, I and mean, I think one thing about the, the younger generation about being on their phones a little bit is that it's easier for them to communicate sitting at their desk just yes. IMing someone without that. getting off their ass and talking to someone. I would agree with someone. that. I would agree with that. And, and, and to I that point, that I, I also encourage that from the perspective of uh, tone gets lost in text Absolutely and email, right. right? So if you're firing off a text, let's say there's an issue, and you're firing off a text, the other side might receive that very negatively when you meant for it to be positively. That's right. And so there's no replacement for human interaction. Hey, if things are going well, yeah, text. Hey, this client did something amazing. Cool. There's no misinterpreting That's right, that. Right. But hey, this is a this is a dumpster fire. Have that conversation on the in person, ideally. <laughs> you tell me what a dumpster fire yeah. is. I can interpret it in oh, so many different ways. Basically, this needs to get done. Yeah. Who's it, dealing with yes. this? Oh yeah. And so you know those negative things. Um, First and foremost, do it in person if you can. Right. Second, do it over the phone if yep. you can't do it in person. That's right. And do your best not to do that over email and, and text and Slack and well, things like that. Well, nature. actually, that's really good. I mean, it's good advice, but also it's the kind of advice that I give mm -hmm. as a baby boomer to, to young people who don't have that savviness that you have. Do you think that you develop that? Because you just came right into it. I yeah. mean, you, I, you know, I don't want to talk about nepotism, but let's say you got in because of your brother. Sure. But then again, you had to be a manager with not much exposure, yes. experience no, as a manager. Absolutely. absolutely. So these things you just picked up on the way you, 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 yeah, you realize mentorship you, you, mentorship yeah. through is experience with, too but is your brother your mentor do you think yeah in business yeah absolutely okay.
But, yeah. but I, th I think it's I mean, pretty otherwise, cool. it's pretty straightforward here. No, it is it's, pretty you know, straightforward. It's an, open, it's an open floor seating plan. Yeah. Conference rooms surround the entire perimeter. Um, Three words of inspiration. Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. You're gonna die. That's true. So why not live your life? Well, people have, die. I, well people have to think about that corollary. It's not, yeah. it's not obvious. Well, of course, I didn't think about that, too. I just was looking at the negative side of things. Anyway, this has been fun. I've learned a lot from you. I think you've got a wonderful company and a wonderful culture. You can just tell by the excitement that's that's just living in these this, this open floor plan. Thank you. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with how you have learned over the past several years about how to create this. Mm -hmm. And aside from being financially successful, I think you've created a nice culture for Thank them you. too. That was from my interview with A.J. Vaynerchuk of Vayner Sports. And if you check out my website, someoneelsesdad.com slash podcast, or Instagram at someoneelsesdad, you can find videos of me commenting on some of Gary Vee's inspirational quotes. Up next, Jamie and I answer your workplace questions. Our number is 347-857-7294. This is Advice from Someone Else's Dad. I'm Peter Yawitz with Jamie Steele. Here's our first call. Hi, my name is Anna, and I had a situation in the workplace that I'd like your advice on. So anytime I wear my naturally curly, kinky hair or um, wear traditional ethnic outfits that are workplace appropriate, I get comments like, oh, you're brave, or oh, I could never do that. And I was wondering what you thought about that. I guess my first comment is, why do people feel they have to comment on what you're wearing every day? I, you know, when I was younger... I think I was taught that as a gentleman, you're supposed to comment on a woman's appearance. Oh, don't you look lovely today? And over time, I realized that don't give your opinion unless you're asked for it. Well, I mean, I think, like, what woman doesn't want to be complimented, right? So, By the way, you look lovely today. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I wore my special yellow to be sunshine. Very becoming. <laughs> you know, I think, well, first of all, I think anybody knows when they're being complimented in a way that feels good, right? Yeah. Because, of course, a guy can say to a woman, you know, that they look lovely, but it doesn't have the same warm, fuzzy feelings because it's, like, so overt in how it's done, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But in this situation with Anna, I mean... Being African-American myself, dealing with kinkier hair, I have absolutely had people comment on like, wow, I can't believe you're actually wearing your hair down. And for a long time, as I was developing my professional career, I mean, everybody in my family knows it was like grandma bun all the time. Mm -hmm. And wait, hold on. Wait, I'm wearing wait, a bun I, right I, now. By the way, audience, she has a grandma <laughs> bun right now. Oh, no. <laughs> Apparently, I was trying to look more professional for you, Peter. <laughs> So, uh, but over time, I realized that a lot of times when people who don't look like me are making those comments, it's not said, in my opinion, to be malicious. It's truly not understanding what the implications of that could mean for me. Yes, no, exactly right. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, using it as a teachable moment or just being like, oh. Well, th th I mean, teachable moment is different from just what, what to say. No, a teachable moment is, in the future, could you please do this? But she could probably say, oh, thank you very much. True. She could. She could. But I think, you know, there have been times where like, you know, I get that a lot. And just 
FYI, mm-hmm. if you say that to a black person, it's kind of more insulting than mm-hmm. it is complimentary. Yeah, sure. And I've done that as well, mm-hmm. depending on if I felt that I had the time or the energy to invest in saying two seconds worth more information than usual. That's right. But also, I mean, in a case where she said traditional garb, she could say, well, I, I bought this when I was in Africa, or I bought this at a store, or this was a gift from someone else. So it just diffuses or changes the, co- the conversation to a different Totally. Place. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Okay, we've got time for one more question, 347-857-7294. Um, I guess I just wanted to know how much a master's degree or a secondary agree- degree uh, affects your earning potential. Well, that was uh, not the greatest connection, but the question was, is a master's degree worth it and will it help your earnings potential? Well, I guess we need a little more context about this because in many cases, master's degrees, of course, would make a difference to your earnings professional, especially if it comes with some professional certification like a degree in social work, uh, anything like that where you would need a certificate and a master's at the same time. I can't answer the question really if it's a master's degree, let's say, in biology, if you're working in a lab, would that make a difference at all? I would also would want to do some kind of cost-benefit analysis to see what the fees would be with your tuition versus how much you could get legitimately get as a return. So I guess in a case like that, I might ask my employer what would the the rev the uh, the salary differential be if I had a master's versus if I didn't have a master's, and then make that decision whether it is worth it to you. I I would say for sure your last point is my favorite, which is... Oh, wow. (laughs) Everything else you didn't like but that last one. Well, right. (laughs) Throw that all out. But the last point I think is really uh, really important. You should just frankly flat out ask, if I get this degree, is it going to make a difference in what I make? And a lot of times, and this might just be my opinion, but I don't really believe it has that much of an impact unless you're in a professional um, like service industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or you are wanting to make a very significant change in what you're doing. So for example, I have a lot of people who come to me wanting to get MBAs. Now, some people got their undergrad in business, they're working for a great company, and they want to keep going because they want more letters behind their yep. name. But getting that MBA because they're already on that track isn't going to change much in what they're doing. However, there are people who maybe they started out in um, psychology, for example. Or music. music, Exactly. Or they got that history degree uh, and they didn't get that job at the museum. Who knows? And they want to make a significant change. That MBA is absolutely going to make a much more significant difference for people in, in career changes. Yeah. Coming up next, I read this week's Workplace Nightmare. Okay, in our annals of Workplace Nightmares, here's another one. I had to write up a direct report for being disruptive in-house and downright rude to outside vendors. I gave her the formal notification late one afternoon. She Xeroxed the write-up and handed it out to colleagues she thought would stand up for her. One of them indeed came to me and said, wow, I've never had any trouble with her. I was so done with this employee's behavior, I stood in her office door and said, okay, you wanna play this game? Fine, let's hand this out at the weekly departmental meeting and see which of us gets voted off this island. I admit this was a nightmare both ways. Both her and mine were overreactions. No vote was taken, but the island was considerably more tranquil after she left. 
Ooh. Ouch. Ouch is right. Really toxic personality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've never dealt with any toxic personality, so I'm never going to. Oh, yeah. Can, never. Never. No. I.E. Peter. Family. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> How dare you? I'm going to fright this up. Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of Advice from Someone Else's Dad. Many thanks to A.J. Vaynerchuk and the staff at VaynerMedia, especially his video man, Dustin, whom I kept calling Justin. I'm sorry, Dustin. And, of course, I want to thank my co-host, Jamie Steele. Next time, there'll be more answers to your questions and more workplace nightmares. Remember, you can call us at 347-857-7294. You can go to someoneelsesdad.com slash podcast and submit a question there anonymously. Or you could just email us at questions at someoneelsesdad.com. We appreciate your comments. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Someone Else's Dad. I'm Peter Yawitz. See you next time at Advice from Someone Else's Dad. Advice from Someone Else's Dad.